So it was a really cool week for me. I got to go to the Orange Conference in Atlanta and do some speaking. Anybody who knows uh, me knows that I've been affiliated with that organization for a while. And as I was in Atlanta talking at the Orange Conference, I talked a lot. I had a chance to talk about downtown Harbor Church quite a bit and all the cool things that were going on around here. And I told people that we met in a kid's science museum and somebody tweeted me back after I kind of said that. And they said, Adam, hey, once I tell my daughter that you guys meet in a kid's science museum, we're going to move to Florida to come. Is that okay? That was just a kind of a fun thing. I thought that was cool. Anyway, when I was in Atlanta, I uh, actually, a couple members of our team went, and I actually roommate, or I roomed with John when I was there, the guy who does the announcements, you know him? Somebody who uh, asked me earlier today, hey, how was it rooming with John? I was like, have you ever roomed with your mother-in-law? That's kind of what it was like, okay? Anyway, I was <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, we like to razz each other. So guys, let me kind of set the stage at Downtown Harbor Church about like what we've done, what we did last week, and what we're going to do this week. About every six months when we said when we were, when we were brand new like we are, we were going to hit the reset button and we were going to go back and cast some vision and talk about the why, the why behind the what. We know what we're doing, but let's talk about the why we're doing it. Let's go back and kind of unpack why we did what we did and why we're currently doing what we're doing and why it's so important to do that, at least we felt it was, so every person who comes in and engages with us understands so clearly about our vision and why we're doing what we're doing and how to kind of make that work and so one of the things that I want to do as we start today is just do a quick like three or four minute recap of last week because if you weren't here you missed some great information about why we're doing what we're doing and you should go back if you have a chance and listen to the entire message online but we said last last week something really uh, important that you need to know about our church is that downtown Harbor Church is this not normal Downtown Harbor Church is not normal at all. And sure, I said this pretty much verbatim, word for word, we might look like a normal church where you have a couple of songs and a stooge with a microphone, but it's not the same, right? We are not normal. We are very different because once you kind of unpack the layers of our organization and find out why we did what we did, you will discover that this is very true, that we were so not normal because... We heard this statistic, which is why we set out to do something different and to help change our community. We heard this statistic a lot, that 87% of people in South Florida do not engage with church. 87%, that's almost 90%, and this statistic is a couple of years old, so it may have even changed since then, but I don't think it's gone down. But here's the deal, if 87% of people in South Florida don't engage with any church, we started to ask ourselves the question, why? Why don't people engage with church? What's, what's wrong with church? What's wrong with us? Why don't they want to come in and engage with us? Because here's what we believe. And I don't know if you've heard me say this before, if you've been around here. If you're new, you're going to hear me say this a lot. We believe this. We believe the message of Jesus is irresistible. We believe that this message of hope and restoration and redemption and peace and love is so appealing and it's so irresistible. Why then, if this is true, do 87% of people not engage with any church? Because, well, you might ask yourself, Adam, what message are you talking about? What's the message of Jesus? Here it is, S simple as this. In Mark chapter 12, verses 28, it starts with, one of the teachers of the religious law, the old guard, the Jewish establishment of the time, was standing there listening to the debate. Jesus loved to debate. They debated with him. They kind of riled him up. He riled them up. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus, hey, you are claiming to be the Messiah. What do you say is most important to do? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, 
The Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then, in one fell swoop, humanity changed in an instant. Everything was different in an instant. We're here today because of this next thing that he said. The world became a different place because he said, hey, this is important, but equally important. The second is what? Equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? I've had that question asked so many times. Who's your neighbor? Here's what I want to tell you about who your neighbor is. Here, here's your neighbor. It's everyone. Whether that is your spouse or your children or your coworker or your family or your dog. My life, that's the dog, right? Okay, like, okay, here's, it's everybody. You should love your neighbor as yourself. So, you put your family first. When something goes wrong at work, even if you don't get your way, Jesus says, no, make this world a better place. Love your neighbor as yourself. It is everyone. So, if that message is so irresistible, and it's as simple as that, believing that Jesus is who he said that he was, and then going to love your neighbor as yourself, why? Why are 90% of our population in South Florida not engaged with church? Let me tell you why. Because we asked them. Here's what they said. The top five reasons were that they did not engage with church. Number one, it was a waste of time. That somebody up here didn't prepare or they didn't feel like their time was like valued and we, they didn't have any idea what the guy or gal on this stage was saying and it was just a waste of their time. Why, in a world where time is so valuable, would I come and waste it at a church, specifically when I could be sleeping in or could be at brunch? Why would I do that? Politics. I said this last week. You feeling the burn? You like Mr. Trumpy? Who cares? We're never going to talk about it here. Politics have no place in church and no place related to the message of Jesus. Here's this one. Fake. We've heard so often that people who don't engage with church don't want to engage with church because they feel like the person who is in, you know, here or people who are at church are not the same people on Monday as they are on Sunday. That they want to put on, that they, we need to put on a show so that they can you know, kind of see actually who we think we are and then we're different during our weeks inward focused. The churches have kind of become these country clubs that put on their own events for their own people. Guys, this is why we do things like the jazz brunch afterward. I'm going to be there hanging out. Hope this, you go too and just kind of meet people. Inward focused. Here's why. Because we don't want people to just come into us. We want to go out to them and meet them and hang out and just be in the community. And lastly, probably the most important is this. It's conditional acceptance. Meaning, yeah, we say you're welcome here. Churches have. But when you really come in the door and try to engage or try to serve or try to go deeper with an organization that there's a checklist, a box that you have to check. And if you don't check every single one of them and sign on the dotted line and you're not exactly like us, then you can't really engage. So what we did was we took these five things that we heard from people and kind of branded them and put them together just so we could kind of tell you about what people said. And we talked about that all last week. I spent 35 minutes just unpacking that. And we said this as we closed. If DHC... It's going to be not normal, then you need to own it. Then you need to own it. This is not mine or our staff's. This is not any of that, that it's all of ours working together, that you need to own it. All of us collectively need to own it. So this week, so we kind of sat around and we said, okay, we've told everybody that you need to own it. Now, here's the question. Now that we've told you the what you need to do, how do you do it? If we're going to be a part of this church together and engage together, the question is, how do we do it? What do we do? How does this work? So what we came up with 
were just these three practical steps, these three things that you can do to be an owner at Downtown Harbor Church, to make this place yours, to make this place more in our community. Because guys, the cool thing is, and it's so fun for me to sit back and watch, we are growing, new people are engaging with us, and we are going to be ready for that collectively as we kind of work on this together. So, I don't know if can you tell I'm passionate about this. I don't know. I've barely taken a breath. I'm surprised I haven't fallen on the floor, okay? Here's the deal. You need to own it. So here's how we own it. The first one is this. It's a very simple word. We share. You share with other people about what your experience has been. You do it on social media. You do it personally. It's so important for us to understand what sharing is because here's what I want you all to know. When you have something good, usually in your life, you want to tell someone about it. I'm not talking about church. I'm just talking about in life, right? Here's what I want you to just think about this. When you have something good, you want to tell someone about it. I like Lululemon, okay? I don't know if you guys have ever like worn anything from Lululemon, but it's great. Like a a t-shirt's like 65 bucks, but like who cares? Because it's like the softest, lightest material. I tell everybody about Lululemon. I'm like, dude, if you're like an exercise person or just a lounging person, and I see the people who wear it in the room smiling right now. Like, I know who's a Lulu person and who's, like, I tell everybody about Lululemon, right? I'm a Delta Airlines guy. Love Delta. That's all I fly. I tell everybody about Delta. I use Uber all the time. I tell everybody I know. I say to people, you're doing what? You're not using Uber? Like, I don't, how, excuse me. It's like, I just tell everybody, if you know me at any level, you know that the number one thing in my life, you know, outside of, God, my wife, and the dog, is Disney, right? And I tell everybody, I love, I tell everybody about it. Here's my point. When you have something good, you want to tell people about it. Now, I have never, ever, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, ever been in a church situation where I could not wait to tell someone that I knew about it. I've never been in a church situation in my entire life where I've been somewhere and I've said to people, hey, you have to check this place out. It's awesome. Never. In fact, I've been in such bad situations in my past. We have guests come into town from time to time. Caitlin and I have some friends that are kind of speckled all over the country, people from high school that we've known, people who we've met and just become close with. And I've said to them, like, they've come and stayed with us in our house. And like a couple of years ago, one of my buddies said, he goes, hey, buddy, we call each other buddy. He goes, "Um, I'm going to come check out your church tomorrow with my girlfriend, Lindsay. And I'm like, you've had a rough night. Why don't you just kind of, why don't you hang out, get some sleep? He's like, no, I really want to come. And in my mind, I'm going, if he comes, he's never going to come back. So I can't, I'm, and he came, right? And he goes, no, we really want to come see what you do. You know what he said to me afterward? He goes, we should have listened to you. That was brutal. And I said, I know, like I told you. Here's the point. For the first time ever in my life, for the first time ever, I have been so excited to bring people in to downtown Harbor Church. And let me tell you why. Because those five things that I mentioned, the things that they hate about church, we've taken them all away. They're not there. They don't exist. This is for you. This is for you to share with other people because we've heard from so many of you. I was there and I have so many friends who are there who just don't want to engage with any place else because all those things are in it. We took them out. Share. It's the first part of being an owner. And don't be weird about it. Don't like pressure people. Don't, you don't have to post every day. But I'm just telling you that's a key element to getting people kind of aware of what you're doing and for you to share your experience with them. The next one, which I find to be equally important for us. Here's the deal. We want you to engage. 
We want you to engage. So often we've trained people related to church history that what this is for you is just a place where you can come in and hear a message and be a, don't miss this, spectator. Spectator. That's what we've trained people to do. So they come in and they hear a message, and then when the message isn't good or they don't get what fills their bucket up, what happens? They leave because we've led people down a wrong path. We don't want people to just be spectators. We want people to engage. We want people to come in here and to be a part of what we're doing. So there's two ways we think you can engage. The first one is this, with others. We want you to engage with others, meaning go and look downstairs from time to time or as you come in. There are some amazing people here. Some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. Get to know somebody. Hang out with somebody. Get to know somebody on a little bit of a deeper level. Have a cup of coffee. I was um, with a group from DHC, a couple of folks, and it was so cool because I was talking with them. This was a couple of weeks ago, and they told me, hey, yeah, we met so-and-so from downtown Harbor Church, and we're going to get together with them later and have dinner. And I'm like, it's working, right? Because it's what you want to do. Engage with others. That can be such a fun thing to do. Don't miss that because there are some great, amazing people here. The second one is this, engage with events. As I said, we don't do our own. We're not going to have an Easter egg hunt for our church. We're not going to have a car show or a trunk or treat. It's just not us. It's not what we do. But what we do do is we engage with our city. We engage with their events. Let me tell you about a couple of cool things we have coming up. Not only do we do the jazz festival every single first Sunday of every month, but a local restaurant, which is going to have its grand opening in June, has invited downtown Harbor Church to be a part of it. So they have free food and free stuff and free drinks. And so like, we're just going to all go and hang out. You don't need an invitation. We just want to be a part of things that are going on locally. That way we can meet people in our community. And you know what? When we go out and hang out at events, do you want to know what people say to me consistently? When they say, how do you guys know each other? And they, well, we all go to the same church or some of us go to the same church. And they said, really? You guys seem fairly normal. I said, I know. Like, that's what we're just normal people. So engage with others and with events, okay? Now, I'm really passionate about this next one, so I apologize if it comes through. It's just who I am. Because it's changed my entire life when I said yes to doing this. Everything was different after I said yes to this next thing that I'm going to put up on the screen in my life. In fact, I would not be on this stage today or with all of you or I would have never been in Fort Lauderdale had I not said yes to doing this next thing that I said that I was going to do. See, at Downtown Harbor Church, if you're going to share and you're going to engage, the next thing that we want people to do to take it to the next level is this. It's volunteer. In February of 2001, I started out as a volunteer. And I'm going to tell you my story as we kind of go through the next 10 minutes or so. But I want to first put this up. It's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, and it's an important verse to understand related to volunteering. Each of you should use whatever gifts. You all are gifted uniquely. Every single person in this room has a unique set of gifts. My gifts are different than yours and your. Everybody's gifts are different. And you are uniquely gifted. So each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. So at Downtown Harbor Church, one thing that we want to make a huge priority is this idea of volunteering. In February of 2001, I walked into a kids director's office in southeast Michigan, and it was the wrong office. I wanted to work with middle schoolers, 
and she took me through the entire orientation process and then asked me what grade I wanted to work with. I said, I'd like to work with probably seventh or eighth graders. And she said, well, sir, you're in the wrong office. The youth director's office is downstairs. There was something on my heart in that moment. And I said, maybe I'm here for a reason. Maybe I should stay. So she asked me if I would take on the position of being a small group leader for kindergarten and first grade boys. I don't know if you've ever worked with kindergarten and first grade boys, but like it's a little bit wild. As they get older, it continues to progress in the wildness, but that's kind of where it begins. This is not a joke. My first week I lost a child, so that was, that was ugly. But um, I had the, my small group of boys who were sitting there on the floor. This guy's name was Caleb, um, who I misplaced. His mother approached the group at the end, and um, I could see there was like fear in her face. And I was like, hello, ma'am. It's my first week. I'm new. And she said, hi, I'm here to claim my son, Caleb. And I said, I'm very sorry. He appears to be missing. And, uh, and I said, uh, related to that, I said, I, 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 don't know, uh, I, I don't know where he's at. So we searched for him, and he was actually hiding under a table in the next room under a black tablecloth. He did not want to participate in the activity we were, we were doing. Caleb came back the next week. All was fine. But after I volunteered for a while, I ended up getting a staff position at a church. And I started to take over the kids' department. And I'm only standing here today because of that journey in my life. I started as a volunteer. It was the most meaningful thing I ever did. And those of you who already volunteer at Downtown Harbor, we are so thankful for what you do. We really, really are. And we need more people to plug in and engage. And I'm going to talk about that at the end. But we are so thankful. But if you volunteer, if you eventually in your life say, yes, this is something I'm going to do. And we understand people can't do it every week because of schedules. And, but but, but here's, here's a couple of things that I just want you to know. Because volunteering, engaging with us in the form of volunteerism, it is not always the easiest thing to do. It's not always fun. It is not always a win. Ask the parking lot guys in July. Like, it's not always the funnest thing to do. But there's a couple of things that I want you to know about volunteering that you need to understand and recognize going forward. See, the truth is, the fact of the matter is, most of us will never be CEOs of major corporations. Most of us will never have stories written about us on the cover of a magazine. Most of us will never be on the front page of a newspaper or be on 60 Minutes in an interview session. But you know what? That's okay. Because culture has taught us that that is what wins. Culture has taught us that if you don't do that, then you are not winning in your life. If you don't do something big with your life, then you're not winning. We think related to serving others and related to giving back. It would be different if people understood that small is big. Big isn't always big, but small is big. Think about this. What if every hand you held, every card you sent, every tear you wiped away, every birthday party you attended, every family that you engaged with actually made the biggest difference? What if we started here understanding that small really is big, that no volunteer position is too small. Yes, it's not always fun to stand at the top of an escalator and just say, go that way. It's not always fun to point people that way in the parking lot or to just pour more coffee. But here's what I want you to know. Think of the hearts. Think of the faces. Think of this. Did you know every person has something going on inside them that no one knows about? Every single person in this room, look around. Every one of us has something going on inside of us that no one knows about. What if 
the smallest things that you did actually had the biggest results? What if the people at downtown Harbor were touched by you as you served? Small really is big. So my wife Caitlin and I rent an apartment We've rented an apartment for eight years in Fort Lauderdale. And I've said to Caitlin from time to time, I've said, hey, let's do something different to the apartment. Let's change up the flooring. Let's update lighting fixtures. Let's go ahead and like do something different in the bathroom. Let's paint the walls. Her response has been the same every single time I've suggested it. No, 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 no. Because she's a renter. We've rented our apartment. Recently, we bought a pre-construction condo in Fort Lauderdale. They're building it from the ground up. If you know me or we've ever been out or hung out or talked, you know it's taking forever, right? But here's what I want you to know. Ever since that happened and she started to look at things like an owner, things are different. She started to order magazines that are decor related and, you know, furniture, they're like the Postman's got to like get an extra bag to like bring them in, right? We've even engaged with an interior designer to make sure that our place is exactly how we want it to be. And if I have to look at one more Pinterest board, I might lose my mind. But here's what I'm going to tell you. There's a difference in mentality because she's an owner, not a renter. The same difference in mentality can be applied when you engage with Downtown Harbor Church and you volunteer. We think as you volunteer, we want you to understand this, that you need to own, don't rent. Because when you look like a renter, you don't care very much. It's not yours. But when you're an owner, oh, owners think a lot differently. Owners believe deeply in what they are doing. Owners understand what's on the line at Downtown Harbor Church to be able to help transform and change our community. Owners get why this is so important. Owners believe deeply in what they're doing and they understand that every person who walks through the doors of this church is a beating heart who has a chance and wants to engage with the message of Jesus. Owners get this. Owners push the limits for the sake of the mission. Owners want to see things happen better. Owners want to do things differently sometimes. Owners come up with ideas and suggestions that we can implement. Owners also understand, though, that when they push the limits, sometimes the answer is no, because we can't say yes to everything that happens at every suggestion. But owners also understand that when that happens, they don't take their ball and go home, because this is their place. They own this. Downtown Harbor Church is theirs. Finally, owners invest more for a bigger return. Owners give more of themselves because they understand the investment is so good. You know this if you've owned a house. Unless you invested in 2008, like that was a bad time, right? But if you didn't do it then, like you invest more. You buy a place because hopefully your return on investment will be bigger. So when I signed up to be a small group leader with those kindergarten and first grade boys, the kids director said to me, how often do you want to serve? I said, I don't know, how often do you need me? And she said, every week. I said, every week? I said, are you nuts? And she goes, how often do you want to serve? And I said, I don't know, once a quarter? And she's like, listen, you're going to be investing in the lives of these kids. You might be the only like, person in their life that actually knows Jesus, and you're going to be teaching them about his message. How do you expect to get to know them if you only come in once every three months or once every two months? She goes, we need you to be here every week. There's spiritual directions on the line. I said, yes, ma'am, I'll be here every week. So I signed up every single week to work with those kids for a number of years. 
be an owner, not a renter. Owners think differently. Owners want to transform their community. Owners understand what's on the line. And finally, as you consider volunteering or you volunteer, I'll tell you something, you're going to find this out real quick. I want you to know it from the bottom of my heart. All the time you give will not always warm your heart. It will not always, you won't always leave feeling charged up. You won't always leave going, man, I made a difference today. Here's what I want you to know. You can't always see it. You can't always see it. I don't know. Just, if you work with kids or you've worked with kids in your life, or even if you're a parent, you know this. Like no second grader is going to come to you and say, hey, just want to tell you something. Thank you so much for the spiritual influence you've had in the direction of my life, and I can't thank you enough for the direction and the path I'm headed down, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for you. Like, no second grader is going to say that, right? It doesn't happen. But just because you can't always see it doesn't mean it's not happening. So when you are a greeter, or making coffee, or helping load a trailer, putting up flags, just know lives are being changed. You can't always see it, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. So I told you about that kid that I lost, right, Caleb? Well, I turned 30 a couple of years ago in Michigan. My dad threw me a big party in his backyard in Michigan. And if you've ever been in the Midwest or you grew up there or maybe you're vacation or whatever, you know that it stays light really late in the summertime in the Midwest. Um, it was in July, and so my birthday is July 16th. It's, I mean, could it be any more center in terms of summer? And sure enough, uh, my dad threw me this big party. Friends and family from kind of all over came, and we got, it was like a big reunion. It was so fun, so meaningful. About 9.30, it was still light. It wasn't dark yet. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone walk in. I saw somebody who came into the party, and I didn't have glasses at that point. Quickly, around the time I turned 30, I realized I need glasses, because if you're like me and you hit 30, everything starts to go. I don't know what it is about turning 30, but like everything, like my neck hurts, I can't see, I got... Bunions? I don't have bunions. I just made that up. I was, you know, trying to let. Okay, here's what I'm saying. I saw this person come in, and Caitlin was standing right next to me, and I said, Caitlin, who is that? And she said, I don't know. And I said, let me ask you a question. That looks like Caleb from my old small group. She's like, the kid that you were the small group leader for when he was in kindergarten and first grade? And I said, yeah. And so she goes, why would he be here? I said, I don't know. So I called him over, and sure enough, it was him. He got closer, and I was like, Caleb. Hey, bud. I said, you're like 21 now. He's like, hi, Mr. Adam. And I was like, hey, listen, we're adults now. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to call me that. And he's like, no, I feel like I'm always going to call you that. And I said, Caleb, did you get invited to this party? And he goes, no. And I said, oh, oh, that's interesting. I said, how did you find out about it, Caleb? He goes, Facebook. I said, oh, even better. I said, so thanks for coming and saying hi. And why are you here, Caleb? I said, why are you here at this party? And he said, well, I saw that you were turning 30. And he goes, I just wanted to come by and tell you thank you. And I said, for what? He goes, I just wanted to say thank you that you were my small group leader all those years ago. And now that I'm an adult and old enough to recognize that I know that you had a difference and an impact in my life. And I was like, really? And he goes, mm-hmm. He goes, now I'm studying to be an aviation engineer in college. And I'm so excited about what I'm doing, and I'm actually playing at the youth group band at my church, and it all goes back to those first early years. What's the point? You can't always see it, 
One time I got to see it. It's probably the only time in my life I've ever got to see it. But if you engage with Downtown Harbor Church and you say yes, don't do it because we need people. Don't do it because you're filling a hole. Do it because it's wisest it's wisest to invest bigger in someone else's life because there's simply so much for you to gain. We never get in to volunteering or giving back because we think that something is in it for us. But when you do, you'll find out you're the one who actually wins. So, if DHC is going to be not normal, you need to own it. And guys, listen. Our schedules are different. Not everybody can engage every single week. This is 2016 in South Florida. We get it. I get it personally. But this is your place. This is the place that we created for you so that you could use it, share it, engage with it, and then volunteer to give back to a cause that's bigger than any one of us. It's bigger than me, bigger than you, bigger than all of us. How awesome is what we get to go through. So downstairs, there is a little table. It's our coffee table. And there is some sign-up slots to volunteer. We don't want anything but your phone number and email address. It's not a, you're not signing on the dotted line. Someone will contact you. There's a couple of forms down there. Number one, you can serve alongside our welcome team. Those folks in the parking lot or uh, door greeter or behind the coffee machine. Or we're coming up with new positions at the top of the stairs. And you just get to know people. It's really cool. You can serve with kids, and that's where I started. God bless you, because I love, but I mean, it was like the best thing I ever did in my entire life. Or you can serve up here in some capacity. There's even a form down there that says Downtown Harbor Church Adult Service Announcements, and in parentheses it says, someone please sign up because they're so bad. I'm just kidding. Those who've been around get that I make fun of the announcements around here for quite a while. Guys, here's the deal. DHC is going to be not normal. We need you to own it. Be a part of it. Share it. Engage with it. And if God's put it on your heart to volunteer and to do something with us, sign up on the way out. It's simple. This is not a pressured place. If you don't want to, don't want to. But you're missing out on engaging with the people who are already doing that and what a great bunch of people that they are. I'm going to pray, and then Zach and Alexis are going to come up the band and they're going to sing one more song ask you to stand and then we are going to go to the jazz brunch if anybody wants to join us we would love to have you i'm going to be out there hanging out we got two new tents which is really cool let me pray for us dear god thank you so much for who you are and what you do thank you for downtown harbor church in these two weeks to kind of hit the reset button and cast vision and get people more engaged with us because everybody asks us how can i help what can i do here's the deal I've just told everybody. So move through us, God. Help us to do that. And I just pray that you would allow us to help transform this city with the message, this love your neighbor as yourself message. And we pray this today all in Jesus' name. Amen.